Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the 31st episode of the Without Context podcast. Look who we got. It's the boy. He's back. It's one of the boys. It's one of the boys. Uh, McCall Avenue, he's playing video games right now. All right. Um, we are uh, this thirty first episode. We've got Duck in the house. We've got Anxiety Lasagna. We've got Sharky Hat, and we've got me, Deca Volti. Um, and we were originally going to talk about two different. Uh, I'm gonna con- I'm gonna classify them as like movies with generational trauma in them, because that's kind of what they are. Um, uh, but uh, we really want Alvin for that one, and uh, this is in no way. Uh, us like being like Alvin, you must come over immediately. <laughs> but it it from the cultural standpoint, it makes more sense if Alvin's here with us when we talk about when it, we inevitably talk about turning red. Yeah, so, and uh, today, it it was going to be a double feature as kind of a representation of media part two, or just kind of a sequel to that original episode. But breaking it down, yeah, I guess they'll be their own uh, their own thing until we can get Alvin into. Definitely talk about something more his heritage. Sorry, it's literally snowing at my house. <laughs> I, 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 I do see the flakes now. They're they're getting pretty chunky. There's some chunky here. I'll um I'd have to get up and then you'd see that I'm not wearing real pants, and so you'll just have to take my word for it that there She's is She's dealing like, with snow and it's like seventy degrees here in Virginia today. There is some fat, fat flakage happening here in the PN dub. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally yeah, it's currently uh, eighty degrees where I am in Maryland. It is ninety. So it is you. ninety. It is ninety-five degrees right now in Texas. Anyway, like weird weather. It's a weird yeah, time 34. of year. It's a very weird time of year. <laughs> Climate change, baby. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna date our podcast so hard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gonna be talking about Encanto today. Um, our general thoughts on it. Um, my, I guess my thoughts as well being the target audience question mark. Um, I mean, maybe. And what what we all thought about it. I will say to start with, and you touched on it already a bit, Decca. Disney shifting away from the romantic tropes and going into the more various types of love and dealing with like generational trauma. And showing kids that as opposed to just the same romantic stuff or supposed romantic stuff that we got when we were children. It's so much better, even mm-hmm. from just like a storytelling standpoint. We th- we touched on this in like the, the romance episode, but there's more, there's way more ways to tell a story besides like, you know, man loves woman and eventually they kiss there's there's two there's that's boring they've been doing that for like 40 years now there's much more out there stop being boring absolutely kudos to disney for like coming out of their shell a little bit with that i guess i i don't know if we can necessarily give disney the credit for it i think the credit lies in that they're giving diverse creators creative control over projects and therefore we're getting diverse perspectives and that i think and like this is I'm a white people, so uh I feel it's more it. likely I think it's better for us to be like, thank you, diverse creators. 
And uh, whoever at Disney made the choice to be like, hey, maybe have someone other than a white people give us another rehashing of a true love story for a kid's movie. I think it's less they're giving it, and I think it's more they're just taking it now. <laughs> like, Good! You think of like all That's the animated hard. shows in the recent years uh, that have popped up on networks like Cartoon Network and Disney and all that, and a lot of it showing, you know, differing cultures to a way even a show as simple as like we bear bears had like a korean main character at the center of it all like a korean uh college student mm-hmm. and We're looking um, at you steven universe and steven universe you, Sugar. you know we have stuff like she-ra and the owl house and all that in recent years too it's like i think it's just like no you're, you're gonna let us write the fucking show that we want to write so Still need to watch out <laughs> And we will, yeah, watch our house. Uh, and we will make it gayer. That's uh, the, we're not that quite was one there the, with Disney yet, but we're getting there. I think that's the, I think that was one of the favorite jokes from uh, Twitter. It's like they told her to turn it down, uh, Rebecca Sugar to tone it down, and she just went back, make it gayer. <laughs> it's like <laughs> hit that shit to eleven. <laughs> but in Kanto. In Kanto. Uh, uh, I guess I'll start. Sure. Yeah, go ahead, Deco. Um, so just one thing I was saying, like before the, the, we started recording is just, I, I was listening to the soundtrack in Spanish, um, and it just hit different, uh, for me in particular, being a, uh, a Hispanic person, um, just listening to the soundtrack in Spanish. I, I have listened to it before in Spanish, uh, before I just listen, but, um, like all the songs, it's wild because all the songs have the exact same timbre, the same cadence, the same, like the the songs flow about the same as as much as you can between like English and Spanish, um and but as somebody who grew up in a Spanish a Spanish speaking household, um it just it hits different, and it's that it's that representation for me personally, it hits and like uh, even the first song um uh the Madrigal House or however it goes um it like the yeah you're already nodding along to it. <laughs> it's great um the the way as fast as it is in english as like fast paced as it is it is just as fast paced in spanish but it hits the same and i think that's credit to lin Man- Li- that's both a credit and kind of a detriment to me for lin Man- manuel miranda who obviously wrote the songs and did some of the story for encanto um because it is a it is obscenely a Lin-Manuel Miranda-ass uh, production for both good and ill. Um, so, like, if you've seen, like, Hamilton or In, Into the, In the Heights, um, there it's very similar, like, pacing. And uh, in some ways, that's, like, you know, that's that's good because it's like, okay, we get go here, 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 and it's you can follow along pretty easily. But also, there's times where it's like, hey, this character was here for, like, five minutes and didn't didn't get anything um just kind of like sat there drinking a cup of starbucks or something um and i'm i i think uh when we were initially talking about doing this episode i think you had some uh similar opinions on that Haley. You can- yes i i was just thinking the same thing i think i messaged you on discord about it mm-hmm. where to me and i don't know if this is just the nature that like we're adults watching a film that's aimed towards children i felt that it was very fast paced almost to the point where I feel like I was just kind of like strapped in and just like was taken on this journey 
And there were definitely moments where I was very like emotionally connected to the story and like had those like the song with the the two butterflies and like it goes through the grandmother's backstory and like what happened to her and the grandfather. Hysterical. Had to pause the movie and just like sit in that emotion for a minute. Mm-hmm. And but I think that's another like Lin Manuel Miranda problem where like he's a very efficient storyteller. He gets from point A to B to C to D very efficiently and usually through song which is like great but you also don't get as much like character development as you could or like like I don't know but I enjoyed the film it just felt very fast-paced I don't know what the runtime is off the top of my head but that was I think that was probably the only negative that I had was it just felt like it was really fast um yeah that's kind of what I felt too it's uh like I know the characters based on you know what they can do but like there was it felt like there was actually there was so little development for like the supporting cast that i don't even remember like a lot of names it's just one of those things where it's like i recognize them based on you know what their magic is rather than like who they are because there's so little time focused on them or it's like a passing mention in a song but then never really like expanded upon it's interesting that you point that out and like I was thinking about it as you were saying like it, I wonder if that was intentional the way that the story goes that like their power meant more than who they were as a person because like that's that kinda, sort of goes with the plot of the film. Yeah that's kind of what I like think when you bring that up is like I can see that because the whole thing is like she doesn't feel like she belongs because she doesn't have something. You know it's like it is that thing where it does probably go into that generational trauma, which as a white person, I don't think I can like fully understand <laughs> um, in terms of because that's just not something that I've dealt with in my life. Um, but yeah, it definitely just feels like these characters are important because of what they can do rather than, you know, who they are outside of that. And I mean, the story did kind of focus on that being the main, you know, theme about it. Gram, um, I also want to preface. I also want to preface before we go in that we are going to be uh, engaging in spoilers from like this point on, as I yeah. as I get back to my next point. But continue, Sharky. Sorry. I mean, I might be I might be wrong on something. It's been like three weeks since I've watched the movie. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, like there was the thing I liked is that there wasn't. I think Charlie brought it up earlier. It's like there's not. It's a different kind of story. There's no real villain so to speak there's no like physical villain it's more of just like the concept of a villain in a sense of like the connections between everybody the how the grandmother acts you know how it's just turning against like this house has to be something and you know you don't have anything so it feels like you're bringing it down kind of thing so it's it's different, and I appreciate that. I like how the stories are trying to tell different stories where it's not cut cut and dry, you know, black and white kind of stuff. I think a, a tangential kind of thing to take off of that, too, is that, like, even if there's not these big oppressive villains in either the movie or our own lives, we're still going to have problems that we have to deal with. Yeah. Whether mm-hmm. that be from our families or um just like environmental or whatever the case is there's there's always going to be adversity of some sort 
I wanted to, to go on record that uh, this movie made me care about a house. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the house was just as much. And it's of a character. Of a character. And, yeah, and like yeah. the house could do stuff, and like when it was you know starting to fall apart and still protecting her, I was like, this movie has made me care about a house. This movie has made me care about a building. <laughs> like, this thing is made out of like Pueblo. Yeah, I was like, I don't think, I don't think anything's done that for a while. <laughs> Where I've cared about a thing. Like, yeah, we, live, a we, movie. we live different lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, I care about go. my duck. The, well, thanks, buddy. Aw, the duck. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my buddy uh, Josh for getting me this. <laughs> one of the jokes that a bunch of my uh, other person of color or and or Spanish heritage uh, POC friends uh, made were was that like the most unrealistic part of Encanto wasn't like the kids with magical abilities. It was the it was Abuela like saying I'm sorry in the end. <laughs> my friend who is of Hispanic background said the same thing. Mm-hmm. She's it's, like the most generational part of this was like the grandmother apologizing or like any sort of authority figure apologizing was, to someone their junior was the most unrealistic <laughs> thing about it. And I was like, that was a that was one of the tweets I saw after Shang Chi came out. It was like this is the most unrealistic part of Shang Chi, and it was the aunt or the mom saying, "I'm so proud of you." <laughs> <It's> <laughs> oh, like, yeah, and I was just oh like, my gosh. I was like, God, I'm that- too white for these jokes. <laughs> For, for those of, for those of you like Sharky who are too white to understand, um, when you're in a Hispanic household, like the people, uh, it's and I'm sure I'm not going to speak on other POC because I'm not them, but at least in a Hispanic household, like there is an, an immense amount of pressure uh, that's tied towards the the elders in the family because they've been through a lot and they've done they've worked so hard to do whatever my my own grandmother was uh, worked in. Um, the migrant farms in in Minnesota, to like every every like summer they she'd take all all of my uncles and go that way, come back. Um, so like there is an immense amount of pressure on them to continue this, even though in reality, like those of us who are around, she doesn't need to. I'm not speaking for my own grandmother, but like in general, they don't need to, but they still uh, think they have to keep everything together and it was it was beautifully portrayed in Encanto by the house itself um you know, where she felt like she needed to keep everything together uh and like the house starts cracking and she's like no the house is fine it's perfect and then yeah. I felt that shit it uh in a weird like side tangent because uh I listen to a lot of like true crime podcasts and they finally covered a uh Mexico City serial killer who killed elderly women and it was like they investigated that shit harder than they investigated like normal murders it's like it's a cultural thing where the elders are like the most respected people in a family in a community mm-hmm. like it was I, w- I was like wow really because like they put like instant effort into trying to figure out what happened to these old mm-hmm. ladies and uh yeah it's like it's definitely a, I can definitely tell like it's a cultural thing and I mean you can see that in a lot of other uh places like a lot of people you know respect your elders and stuff but it's definitely like uh it's like some asian cultures the hispanic cultures they definitely have like an upgraded version of that where if you don't you get the shit kicked out of you (laughs) so 
better, speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I will not confirm or deny that I got the shit kicked out of me as a, as a child. Somebody, uh... That was my duck. Somebody, uh, that I knew in the past, uh, was, is, a uh, South Korean. And it was, like, death glare if they didn't, like, do something for their grandmother. Like, mm -hmm. their mom or dad would just be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like... Um, they call it in Spanish, uh, they'll, they'll give you the ojo, which is the eye. Mm. And yeah, they just like mean mug the shit out of you. And they just kind of like look at you like that. And at some point you're just paralyzed with like fear. And it doesn't, it's like some, it's like, um, it's not even the, uh, cause you're in, in reality, I'm much taller, stronger than most of my, my family. So like, if it came to it, I could probably fight. I'm not going to. Yeah. Um. But like, if when they look at you like that, doesn't matter how big you are, how tall you are, how mean you are, you are you something. Okay, okay grandma. inside of you. <laughs> it's like you got it, grandma. I'll do it. It's like so, something bestial inside of you just says, "No, we're going to pause right here and do exactly what they want." So I know this episode's about Encanto, but it, it brings me back to something tangentially related. Uh, Coco. Coco yes. had a lot of the same kind of themes where that one had more of like a love story, but it was a different kind of love story. Uh, mostly like unrequited love, I think it was, if I remember Coco correctly. Or like father and daughter. There is also like a tangible villain in that in that one. But yeah, yes, but, you are correct. But like then those themes. But, but like those themes are like those themes are still there. Because if I remember correctly, like the grandmother didn't want like him learning music. Or something like that. If I'm maybe it's another movie. I think it's Coco though. That's Coco. Yeah, it's Coco. And, uh, and it's just like that's for some reason that's like the two Hispanic movies I can think of have that same theme of you know grandparents kind of being at the center of it all. Having having uh, the 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 tether like the tether is strongest at the top that connects yeah. every that they think connects everything together, and uh, they feel like when the a lot of a lot what is common in a lot of uh uh hispanic at least households again not going to speak for the poc is that is that you like you're going to you're going to miss me when i'm gone like sentiment um <laughs> yes yes i'm yes, going to stop right there haley yes the haley academic <laughs> oh no 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 uh I, you can continue with your point that face doesn't need an explanation on camera yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, was me working through something myself uh huh <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, oh man, now I just forgot what I was gonna say. I'm so sorry. Keep talking, it'll come back to me. Yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely just, the, just the raise aspect your hand again. of I got it, I got it. Whenever you're whenever you're ready, I got my thing. <laughs> it's it's definitely the aspect of like this is whole they think this is holding everything together. Um and in many ways it is true because um uh kind of when my grandfather died was about the time we kind of stopped seeing each other as often because we'd see each other like every Every like week or so, because Grant, uh, like frankly, every every other week was someone's birthday in my at my in the family reunions, and there was always a family reunion. There's always like you know food. Um, but yeah, I think that's where I was going with that. Uh, go ahead, Haley. So I'm just kind of verifying with myself. Um, yes. The Encanto took place in Colombia, correct? Yes. Okay. I enjoyed that it was a like positive 
story about Colombia. Because mm-hmm. in, in the cult of the USA, uh, Colombia Colombia okay. is not always portrayed in a really positive <laughs> sort of light. Instantly, um, cocaine comes to mind for me. Like, that's just... Precisely. Yeah, like, I just culture. Googled... I Googled Colombia because, like, I think of, like, there's a Spanish team and some people in there that are pretty talented. Um, the top two things that people also ask about Colombia are, is it safe to go to Colombia? And is Colombia a poor or rich country? Which sounds terrible. And, like, cocaine was another thing that came to mind. Yeah. And I feel, which, like, I cannot speak for people from Colombia or, like, have ancestral ties to it, but I'm sure it probably felt really nice to have a positive story about their culture come out that wasn't tied to like drug running or like didn't sort of like utilize the like sadder, more tragic parts of their history as like trauma porn. Uh, Obviously it's referenced in the flashback scene with what happens to their grandfather, like the grandfather of the family. And like that sort of trauma is what brings the miracle and everything, but it's not like they don't focus so much on that. They acknowledge it and like how it impacts the family, like X number of generations down, but it's not like the whole story. It's just, it's, I thought that that was pretty significant and I'm, I'm happy for those who like can now see a positive story out of a culture that tends to be villainized for things that aren't their fault. (laughs) It, yeah. it's also that thing of like anytime you go below texas you just start seeing the world in sepia and in the movies and it's always bullshit <laughs> the sepia filter of life yeah yeah and like i i i felt okay talking about it because like most of my family's german and you can shit on the germans all the time <laughs> you, <laughs> but they like every story they, they about it. germany nowadays <laughs> is about that one like that period of time in germany which like obviously shit on them for it like it was a horrible thing that germany did and many people were complicit in it, but like I'm glad that a country of not white, like a non-white predominant country, got is to that... have a positive portrayal in Western media because that shit doesn't always happen. <laughs> where does, I want to know where that like falls on like the grandparent scale of a uh, Hispanic grandparents. The German grandparents are on the That's other why you opposite. Don't talk about why Grandpa is in Argentina now? Grandpapa, why are you burning a lot of the documents? <laughs> no, the the joke that I hear a lot from other like German American descended is like, oh yeah, we learned that we have like Argentinian descent, but all of our ancestry.com <laughs> stuff comes back to like completely German. I'm like, ah, so you have Nazi in your Germany. Because <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's where they is. all fled after uh-huh. World War II is to Argentina. So yay. But that's enough about white people. <laughs> it's no, it's <laughs> fine. Colonizing uh, my goddamn topic. <laughs> no, it's fine. Like we, like Haley, we're we're white people. I found out my mom's from Alabama. My mom's. I found Nick. out. No, no, I found out that my mom's family no. is from Alabama. Like you found out like, whose family's from Alabama. My mom's side of the family. Ah. And it's like when I say Alabama, I mean Alabama. Ah, <laughs> you don't mean Alabama. Alabama. You mean <laughs> Bama. 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 Yes. Uh, to bring us back to Encanto, I think it would be fun <laughs> if we went around and um, either your favorite character and why, or what character you related to most and why. I think that would be fun. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you want me? Uh, who wants to go first? I can, I can start. Go <laughs> My answer is the same for both of those. Um, 
and it's Camillo. Uh, the the shape shifting and the the constantly trying to make people laugh and make sure that other people are good. It's very much like I liked him as a character for that, and I very much relate to that. Um, and also an important thing I think to note about that too is we never see him uh, shapeshift into Mirabelle. And I think it's a very conscious choice of him to do that, to be like, oh, I'm not going to do this because she's the one that doesn't have a power, so I don't want to be, like, popping in and out of, you know, pretending to be her and make that feel worse. Actually, that's I, I think that's a very, very underutilized character. You know that feeling like when you say something and then you're like, I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I need uh-huh. to, I'm going to check my birth certificate real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy. Buddy. You just Not have your you birth certificate? Let me just check my social security card. Yeah, I needed like everything. I needed like everything when Is I got a government job. That was a receipt. It's an old money ticket. <laughs> I am a. I am. It's like I am correct, and it also reminds me how white I am. My family, my dad's side is from Illinois, so I am pasty oh. white. <laughs> it's like a... um, so the character that I um, associate with the most is uh, probably to nobody's surprise, Lisa, um, because uh, even in my own family, for various reasons. Uh, in my life, I've felt the pressure to, I am not the oldest brother, but I have to act like I am the oldest brother because my older brother is disabled. Um, and I have to be the one that's like, you know, holding holding things down and have to be the strong one because if I'm not the strong one, then everything comes down. And I felt Luisa's song in my soul. Was she your favorite character? Yeah. Yes to both. Sure. Gotcha. She was my favorite, and then, and then also, yes. All right. Do you have a favorite, and who you relate to most, Starkus? Uh, my favorite character is the capybara that occupies <laughs> the little boy around, because yeah. I, I vibe with it, and I like whenever it has like a look in his face, I'm like, I can relate, buddy. They're um, and they're friend shaped, and they're friend shaped coconut doggy. Um, what the dog doing? The character I'd probably relate to, um, not because of like what happened to him, but it is Bruno, because when I'm compared to like the rest of my family and everything that they do, I am kind of like the odd man out when it mm. comes to things. Like, uh, my mom's like really educated. My dad's you know worked fifty years, like the same job, just career the whole time. Brother was always the athlete. And he works where I work now, so we're kind of equal out there. But, um, and my sister is like, you know, registered nurse and all that. They're doing these really successful things and they've moved out of the house. They've, you know, they've gotten married. They've had, they've had kids, like all that. And I'm 32 at home. (laughs) I'm like, Bruno, and I have not moved out of these walls. So. I, when I first started seeing, like, spoilers and just, like, the general vibe of Encanto, I messaged my friend Kristen, um, my friend who's of Hispanic heritage, was like, am I going to relate more to Mirabelle or am I going to relate more to Bruno? And she just responded, she responded, 
Yes. So, <laughs> uh, my favorite character is Bruno. One, hilarious. Everything about Bruno, I love everything about Bruno. Um, love that he's built up as this, like, horrible rat man that, like, intentionally is out to sabotage the family, and then you meet him, and he's just this, like, socially awkward weirdo that does um, rat telenovelas in the walls of his house. He's me. Um, he's me. Definitely. <laughs> definitely love Pate, that. is that you? Pate. Pate Dorolo. Who's um, Pate? <laughs> Why is um, But... I related him in ways that, like, similar to Sharky, like, everyone in my family is, like, super wildly successful. And, like, I do have these big-ass documents behind my head that on paper say I'm smart, but that has not translated <laughs> to anything super tangible can, other than can, expensive pieces of paper. What Haley um, has? What I have on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you have? A full-time paying job? What I don't have? A full-time paying job. Um, all different metrics, friends. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um... And just sort of like the black sheep we don't talk about Bruno really kind of struck with me because like he thought he was being helpful with some of his predictions and it kind of went off the walls and everything. I feel like I relate the most to Mirabelle, who I also adore. Like she has these two very talented older sisters. I have two very talented older sisters. One is kind of like the workhorse of the family. We all kind of go to her with all of our own problems. And the other one, uh is practically perfect in every single way and i despise is that, that. the middle sister <laughs> uh the middle sister yeah and i'm the youngest so i'm like mirabelle i'm the youngest um i have like definitely through childhood would have related to like oh my sisters are so gifted and stuff and i'm just this like fuck up third kid <laughs> that can't do anything right like her waiting on a miracle song i had to stop the movie and just kind of like sit in my feelings <laughs> after that song like the uh -huh. When she's like, I'm ready, like, you know, like, when she's just like, she wants it so bad, and she tries so hard, and it's so hard watching as, like, an almost 30-year-old adult being like, you're gonna find your own miracle. Like, just give it a little bit more time, because she's, like, a kid still. Mm. And that, she just broke my heart, the whole movie. And I have a, such a crackpot theory about why she didn't get uh, a gift. And I'm sure this has been debated on the internet, but I, I try and Probably. avoid Probably. talking to other people <laughs> on the internet. Because they it's so deliberate when they show her like she's holding the candle and then she she wipes her palms on her shirt and then she touches the doorknob and everyone else goes candle doorknob. And I'm like, there's got to be something so, significant about that. It, it is a very deliberate choice, but it, that doesn't have anything to do with why she doesn't get a gift. The directors have straight up like, said that it's not the case i don't care i'm keeping it it's keeping it. <laughs> well, that's, that's it why is, it's a crackpot theory it's a crackpot theory because it's disproven and i've decided just signify <laughs> that she's anxious and nervous and silly. yeah that's it it's like Haley. It. it's like you're looking too deep into it decided, she's just a germaphobe <laughs> she's just... i've decided i decided that her wiping her nervous hands on herself is her transferring the power her, the miracle was always her. Like, she touched it, and the magic went into her, and she's a new miracle, just being herself. So what and you're that's saying is what the... I've decided is true. So what you're saying is the movie is just about an ego. <laughs> it's like, no. I, am I am magic. No. I don't have magic. I am magic. <laughs> no, it's about loving yourself enough that I you don't have to be... You don't, yeah, you're a gift. You don't have to do anything else. My presence is my present. 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I'd say I relate. That's a whole I'm, different I'm somewhere memory. between Bruno and Mirabelle as a, as a third child, neurodivergent third child with two neurotypical older siblings and neurotypical parents. <laughs> I'll, uh, I just want to say my least favorite, uh, that kid's parents, they let him have a pet jaguar, and that is child <laughs> endangerment. <laughs> so. How were they going to stop it, Sharky? <laughs> Tell me. He can talk to animals. It's, you think Eliza uh, Thornberry's parents, if they knew, would be like, you can, Eli oh, Eliza Thornberry's parents. They adopted a wild child. <laughs> Donnie's great. They adopted the that child. and they didn't... Yeah. Very good. They uh they adopted um, that kid and they did not put him into school, so they're bad parents. <laughs> I do want to touch on uh it seems like Disney might be starting to explore the other types of love. Um I threw it in our chat here. Um but like psychologically they recognize eight different types of love. Uh Eros, Philia, Ludus, Agape, Pragma, uh Falachua, Storage, and Mania. Um, oh, I know I know that last and... one. <laughs> <laughs> Ayo. Um, but Encanto is very much Storge, which is family love. Uh, Falashua is, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation because I don't remember it, uh, is love of self, which is entirely what Turning Red is about. And I haven't watched Luca, but from everything I've seen, it's very much about Ludus, which is just sort of this kind of playful love. And I really want to see if they continue that trend and if that's a direction that they're purposefully going and moving away from that romantic love. Times are changing. So I I'm gonna go ahead and out myself. Um Agape, from my understanding, is like the love that you'd feel like it's like a it's pure, like it's purest form of love. Like the love you have like a parent to well, I don't know if a parent to a child would encompass that. But the reason I know what Eros and Agape are is because of freaking Yuri on Ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The two it short all, programs it all are... all leads back to Yuri one way or another. <laughs> agape, and the only reason that Yurio finds his Agape is because he thinks of the piroshkis that his grandfather makes. And he loves his grandfather, and that's his Agape. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this is the second instance with this group where I've been like, I know what that word means because of Yuri on Ice. The, 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 just the supercut of every time Haley mentions Yuri on Ice. Oh god, at some point we'll have enough alone. episodes. Some you give we'll me have... a whole episode it, of that. Give it another half a year. Feral. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We'll do that one day. If we ever get the movie, looking at you, Attack on Titan stands, you're the reason I don't get to have nice things. Just a little side thing. There was a thing. It's like the final season, like part three coming, like what next year or like a few months from now. And my friends like, this is the longest final season I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Just the final season is as long as the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> but um. um Encanto. Encanto. Uh. I remember watching the trailers when it was coming out. I watched, uh, I don't remember what movie I was watching with my partner at the time. Uh, I say it, uh, but I remember seeing the trailers for it. And I was like, that's interesting. That looks like uh, Central American style house. Oh, they're speaking Spanish. Sick. 
and then I was immediately hooked. It was it was just that that quick, and that's how quick mm-hmm. they got me. Um, because of how important representation is, and how frankly very little of it I've gotten, at least from my cultural stand from a cultural standpoint, in so long. Something I uh something I do like about it is, is like all this like all the they're all sisters right for the most part um uh, most of the yes. main the main like girls with the miracles and stuff i appreciate mm-hmm. the differences in appearance between like the perfect one who could i guess do the flowers if i remember that correctly she can like grow flowers and all that uh to dolores with like she doesn't have long hair she has like the short curly like hair on top and then you have mm-hmm. the buff bro i'm more Buff girls in animation, please. That's just me talking. Dead <laughs> so, fight for that. They did, and I'm glad. Uh, one of my favorite tidbits on that too is they made a bunch of Isabella merch because they expect all the children to latch on to that because she's the pretty one and the perfect one. And Which all is... of the kids are just like, no, we want Louisa. We Give want me Louisa. the buff woman. <laughs> Muscle, I muscle too girl carry solidarity. All the <laughs> Can Side I get boss. a strong boy to help me carry all these chairs? Breaking feminism. One <laughs> girl just picking up <laughs> ten chairs at once. Yep. Yeah. So I like the uh, I like the difference in character design. Mm. Everybody looked unique, including the adults. Uh, it's like I can't remember names, but it was just refreshing to see. And I, it stuck to me because like. I've seen those body types and those that hairstyle and those skin tones in movies. Like I've seen them as people and like as actors and stuff like that. So I was like, this is cool seeing like this realistically done. It's not like a stylized version. It's like there was like getting away from same face. Yeah, it's like there was uh, deliberate effort to make these characters culturally accurate, but also and like yet unique and unique in their own ways and it was just really cool to see and like also, I said, bruno bruno kind of just looks yeah he looks like unkef but like he's still like he stands out from everybody else in the the show everybody else in the movie and you know the kid looks like his dad to a degree but like he still stands out enough like it's just all like this just effort and character design that's all you need enough of the same face <laughs> I was gonna say it's also realistic to to your average Hispanic household because one like if you go to my family reunion, it's all fucking shades of brown. Yeah. Uh getting getting into like black skin tones and like going into like a Haley skin tone. It's it's that entire gradient. Yeah, uh, you want to say something I was also way. about to bring that up. I was trying to find an image for it, but like look at the variety of skin tones in all of these characters and it's all one family yeah mm-hmm. yes Haley. i remember that being a point of feedback that lynn got with in the heights that there wasn't enough representation of like the shades of brown in in the heights and i'm not sure where that when in the heights came out in terms of production of encanto and like how much creative control uh, Lynn had in, in terms of like character design and stuff with Encanto, but I'm one like if if it's a case of like he heard that and was able to like apply it in Encanto or someone else in that production was like 
we like sees and understands that I think that's good because like even someone who's in the community messed up and was like open and honest about like yep I could have done a better job like we could have done a better job like painting all the shades of brown that are present in that area of in the heights and they did it in Encanto which I thought was cool I think uh so uh Encanto like the early stages had started around the time uh around 2016 after Moana had come out um and they were doing like a press tour they were doing like the press tour for it he had announced that he had started something that eventually became Encanto um so wherever that 2016 is compared to Inda Heights or whatever probably going to be where like enough time to put like the feedback to use because um, if you're thinking about other movie like disney or pixar titles like that production conglomerate coco they all looked pretty similar to one another yeah, it was kind of like the same shade tone. yeah and then in kanto which like as a as a not worldly white people i was like oh shit there are like what a fun diverse family because like all the people who are like blood related to each other even don't look super similar like uh tia pepe tia pepe the um the one with the weather the one with the weather and then um mirabelle's mom and bruno are triplets and they look super different and that was at least fun for me because like my sisters and i don't really look that much alike like you can tell we're related but they're like more olivey brunettes with green eyes and i'm like the literal textbook definition of like, oh, like, look, you can't even see my arm. <laughs> yeah. She what? <laughs> yeah, the, they they run the the visual gamut, and even yeah, um, and uh, they call it uh, colorism is within POC spaces, uh, when uh, you only focus on the lighter skin tan tan skins because they're more uh, they sell better or you know whatever the, whatever the case may be, but I I, I did genuinely appreciate seeing the whole the whole gamut i think that was something that came out a few years ago with um big hero six uh mm. one of the characters on the team the tall white girl uh, honey lemon. lemon lemon yeah honey, honey lemon, lemon. Yeah. she's a uh, portrayed as like incredibly white but she's supposed to be hispanic and, and i was like fine. yeah she's it hispanic. makes sense because because now it's like now i know like that skin tone could apply but i know like instantly the internet was like on it like why is she white if she's supposed to be hispanic like they're assuming they're supposed to be a skin tone she's and it's true. like and i'm like that's what i liked about this movie it's like okay i'm a little more educated now about something i didn't know about like i did not know that there was this shades of this culture then i thought back and i was like you know this actually reminds me of when it's like unless i'm remembering history wrong i know kevin is not african-american he's actually a dominican Mm-hmm. so i was like oh that's because I, I for some reason i thought i had like this thing in my head like i had a set you know shade mm-hmm. for some reason and i was like oh i've learned something today for those like, at home kevin is one of our friends yeah he's one a, of our players in our dnd game and i mean unless i'm like completely going senile and like remembering history wrong and he which i know the man, my brother in christ i live with the man my brother in christ is becoming one of my favorite things to say but um i have my Marshall i did learn animal crossing island says that to me now it's the best. He says, i did learn that 
I did learn that uh, lack of sleep uh, can actually lead to like early Alzheimer's, so I might be doing yeah, more damage to myself. Yeah, your brain will literally start <laughs> so. eating its own mass when you're chronically sleep deprived. I give this conversation to my fiance all the time whenever he's like, I can't be sleeping this much. I'm like, go to bed or I... your brain's going to eat itself. I hurt myself because I get like 18 hours of sleep during the weekdays because <laughs> I just cannot fall asleep at night and I have to be up at four in the morning. <laughs> so I might be going fucking stupid. So yes, Haley, I think I did. Did did you have your hand up, Charlie, or was it just me? Or are you just I was just going to loop us back to Encanto. OK, <laughs> I'm looping us back to Encanto. <laughs> it's my turn. Yes, I know. I know we talked about what characters were we, we relate to the most and who are our favorites. But if we had to pick one of the like established, um, I almost said quirks, <laughs> uh, powers or abilities, I, I'm doing the same thing in my head, Decca. I'm doing the same <laughs> thing in my head. <laughs> Which one would we pick? And you can say why if you want to. I'll start. I'll put myself on blast. I would want to do what Mirabelle's mom does and make food that could heal any sort of ailment. That would be the shit. Who could have seen that coming? I love you. A resident cleric player. (laughs) Who could have foreseen? I didn't even think of it that way. Uh I just just like cooking food for people. It's like my favorite thing to do is cooking. They literally feel most connected with a deceased relative and like when they're like, yeah, it's like my mom's food can heal anything that's wrong with you. And I'm like, I want to do that. They literally have that as a magic spell for clerics. So you can just make food. <laughs> I know there's a make food spell, but it doesn't taste good. It says it in you, the description. If you branch out and go into Druid, you get Goodberry. Then you can make food and heal people. There was Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, who's next? Well, I want to pick. No, who, which power would you have and why, Sharky? I want to be able to talk to animals because I want to hang out with that capybara. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. They Thank are. You, Sharky. They are friend shaped. They keep to themselves. They they follow the Paul Rudd lifestyle of staying in their lane. <laughs> I mean, look at how Paul Rudd has aged. That man has stayed in his lane. For 30 years. <laughs> and he has not aged a day. He is somehow still 30. <laughs> my, my favorite part about about like this this interaction here <laughs> is that like when like if Sharky theoretically does get that power, it he just finds a capybara and it just keeps saying slurs. He just can't get away from it. <laughs> No, he if just I, if finds I, the most racist bird. <laughs> no, if I have the ability to talk to animals, all of these feral cats in this next door neighbor's houses are mine. They are going to live with me. <laughs> no, You'll have you a have cat that, You have that flipped. You belong to them now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Deco, what would you pick? Oh, uh, man. Um, in, in, a, in a similar way of living a, a lifestyle or a life of like largely service i think i would also pick the cooking to heal somebody's ailments um because i am the same way with you where we like mostly live our life in service to others uh for one reason or another it's the trauma it's the it's i mean but i turned my trauma into a whole ass master's degree yeah yeah. (laughs) she she monetized her trauma (laughs) (laughs) no she didn't she owes money for it (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I, 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 I paid those in full. Oh, sick! Congratulations. Like? <laughs> <laughs> that that is a classic case of white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Can't but remember. I digress. I digress. Charlie, which one would you pick and why? Uh, I like multifunctionality of things too much to not pick Camilo's. He's a Camilo stan. Absolutely. But just like <laughs> being able to shift into anyone that you please. Like there's there's too many uses for that. Mm. And we're it's, not going into them, but there's too many uses for them. We'll keep it there. It is super on brand for you because anytime we talk like D and D characters, you're like, "How can I make this?" Like, you go through like specking a character out from start to finish. And I'm just like, we have different brains. <laughs> <laughs> Me playing the, a character ahead, never. <laughs> that's the uh, having played D and D for 18 years, brain. <laughs> yeah. On off for eighteen years, it's wild. Mm. Jesus. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll make you give me one more favorite thing before I let regular conversation start again. Favorite song from the movie, if you have one. Surface pressure. Surface, uh, yes, surface yeah. pressure. That's Louise. Not even. Song. It's not even close. Uh, <laughs> mine's a tie <laughs> between. Um, Mirabelle's like waiting on a miracle, and the um, I'm gonna butcher it, but the song mm-hmm. with two butterflies, the two caterpillars, or whatever mm-hmm. that one fucking sh- rock, shit, sh- rocks my shit, and I don't even know what they're saying. <laughs> I know Those just enough witness. words, I know just enough words to get my heart broken. <laughs> should have won the Oscar, yeah, should have won the okay. Oscar, should have won the Oscar. I like the no uh, shade to there, I pronounced, it, I pronounced it for you. I like the sister song too, uh, with the donkeys. I think that was the one yep. I enjoyed because before even pressure. watching the movie, like I, the internet already knew about we don't talk about Bruno. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was like at that point where I'm like, just give me the song so I can just get it out of my head because the internet's <laughs> just talking about this. Like it's just talking about it. Just let me hear it and see what all the fuss is about. Like I wasn't going go. in. I wasn't going in with like the eagerness to hear new songs i was like i just want to hear it and get it over with since this internet's like annoying the shit out of me about it and uh but then hearing the older sister's song like with the donkeys and all that i was like i can i feel this like (laughs) it's like i feel this i feel the themes here yep it's it's definitely hits those uh like uh i'm the oldest that gifted kid that gifted kid burnout yeah, I'm the oldest of my full blood siblings. I have one older half sister, but like I'm the oldest of the three. So seeing uh, them all succeed in me now is like, oh. <laughs> and I do these. <laughs> it's like I'm. It's like I'm a nurse. I'm married and have a house at the age of 26, and I'm just I'm 32, and I bought a new D and D book. <laughs> it's like, I got a rock. <laughs> I got a rock. rock. <laughs> All right, Charlie, what's yours? Uh, so not me frantically looking up the names of the songs because I can't remember any of them. Um, but Meet La Familia, uh, very much how like how it was just like. By the way, cheers, everyone. Let's see. Here's oh, everyone. Are you good? What you about good? what about All you? Right. No, 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 not not me. Everybody else. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I feel yeah, that. Yeah. That's like the opening uh, song Shut for her, right? <laughs> 
basically. La, yeah. family, la Familia Madrigal, yeah. Yeah, it's the one that she starts. Okay. Have you guys yeah, seen she... the white people cover that song on TikTok? And the guys are like, no. welcome to the family, Madrigal. And I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know who you are. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's La Familia or another song. But I know mm. there was a purposeful uh, animation choice where Mirabelle's father comes in offbeat and mm. is mimicking the dancing because he doesn't yeah. actually know it, but he just wants <laughs> to be a part of his family and be yeah. there. Just and so a little it, offbeat. Yeah. Yeah. He's just just a just not quite in sync. Uh and mm. it's such just like an amazing animation detail. Just to touch on Haley's thing for a second. Earlier when Deck was saying like hearing the songs in Spanish like hits different and it's like I can get the same feeling of hearing like foreign songs covered by like white people into English lyrics, and I'm like, these do hit the different. Other, it, it goes the other way, and <laughs> I, like, I, I don't like, like that. So like, these do okay. hit different, and it's not always good. So <laughs> it's a very rarely good. It's up there with white people trying like, like, uh, reclaiming hip hop songs or rap, like even worse, rap songs. What do we have or to no. reclaim? It wasn't ours. No, <laughs> we're just colonizing it. The worst thing is. I'm gonna take this rap song as a like I'm gonna California take an hippie, and my girlfriend and I are gonna. And here's sing a ukulele. It. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and what's funny is like ukulele, uh, like aren't ukuleles not even like a white people invention? No, no. they're not. <laughs> it's well, so it's, it's the worst. Like, like oh god, somebody get this hipster musician out of here! And then the next comment is, oh god, oh fuck, he's going for the ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> I need oh to find it. God. I need to find it again because that shit fucking killed me. First time I saw just the oh god, oh fuck, he's going for the ukulele, <laughs> and I was like, but yeah, just, just, uh, just let people of color please keep their songs. I don't, uh, I don't need to hear a bunch of white people with their acoustics or their ukes like fucking butchering the song. Or that well, one white hearing... lady who did that cover of Surface Pressure but made it angry, and I'm like, you did not get the whole point of that song. <laughs> You missed that went this it went, way. Oh! <laughs> it was like I can't even hear it because like just I get very upset by like aggressive sounding voices. Mm-hmm. And this 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 lady is just like angry, like a <laughs> scary kind of angry. And I'm like, did you miss Louisa? Like did the, the point, the point you like, yep. Yep. and she got lambasted for it on the internet, and then she was just like, she def- like she tried defending herself, and like, so Artistic I don't remember integrity. what she said. I I just I I saw and went, you know, <laughs> not my circus, not my monkey. <laughs> it's been a very, very useful saying like, over the last few days. Very much uh, like hearing Sasageo in English, and it's just like, mm, nope, we're just gonna file that away and not listen to that sorry jonathan young this is not it i know my mate wants to battle i like some of his covers but i also will listen to the regular ones too i like i like it when they take the time to keep like the pace with the original song because if you translate like a song from japanese to english it's not going to rhyme like a normal song would because Mm -hmm. just of how their dialect is so mm-hmm. it's like if you can at least keep the same speed of how they sing it and make it somewhat sound like the original, 
if not in lyrics, but just like in the tempo of it, then it works a little bit better. But uh, yeah, let's not let's take stuff and white people buy it. <laughs> like, stop whitewashing everything. Please, just, just stop. Please. Oh, uh, what was it? Uh, on just on topic of whitewashing and completely unrelated. There's a movie coming out that's based on a Japanese novel. It's called Bullet Train. It's supposed to be like an action comedy, and it has Brad Pitt as the star. I was about but to say, is it the novel? Star no, but the novel, the main character is Japanese, <laughs> and they just made him Brad Pitt, <laughs> which is the male Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. And I, it's already. I appreciate your thousand yard stare there, Haley. It's not even out yet, and already the author is like, so yeah, I didn't approve that, but you know. They have the rights. So. They, they paid me money, so... Uh... So, like, the movie is not going to come out yet, and the author's like, yeah, I'm not happy about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Just... How hard is it? It's like, you, you're casting a role. There's a bunch of good Asian actors out there now. A lot of good Asian movies have come out in the last few years and put people into the limelight. There, <laughs> there, is, a, there, is, there is a trend... Um... It's particular in the gaming industry, but also in the like uh, movie industry where it comes to like Hollywood doesn't want to bet on something that might happen unless you're Disney and you have like infinite money that you could just do that. Uh, they want to they want to make sure it's something that, you know, you know, Brad Pitt, you know, yeah. uh, say the Terminator, which comes out with like the billionth sequel that does, doesn't need, you know, all of these different properties and they just come out with another sequel after another another yeah. and cast the same fucking five actors what you mean, fast and furious yes what was funny though is that in like the argument for his book still on this random topic before we go back the guy was like are you telling me that a movie with a male lead won't you don't think it'll be successful in an era of crazy rich asians in shang chi like are you telling me that it won't be successful in this day and age like it, so the guy was just like you don't even want to try <laughs> you also have to consider like just taking data from like even not your own production it's just like look at things like train to busan blowing up on netflix like yeah. people want stories that are done with hollywood like hollywood is tired it's boring it's repeating the same things People want something fresh, and it's just like, oh yeah, there's talent outside of Hollywood. Who could have foreseen? God, what pisses me off so much is that they're doing a Hollywood remake of Train to Busan. I was about to say that, yeah. And I'm like, the movie's already good. It doesn't need it. Going, it's going to be terrible. (laughs) It's going to suck. Even if it's good, it's going to be terrible. I can't wait to see the movie that takes place on a 36-hour train ride from L.A. to New York. But, but I, I think that loops us back into Snowpiercer. An... Wasn't that what Snowpiercer was? I thought Snowpiercer <laughs> was a Train to Busan movie. <laughs> but anyway, diverse voices mm-hmm. outside of Hollywood ties into Encanto slightly because um, just outside perspectives tend to mm-hmm. bring um, innovation to this type of medium. So uh, if Encanto taught us that, good. Let yeah, people I, who aren't white do stuff. I wanted, to, and that's why I kind of wanted to do the Turning Red and Kanto episode together, 
because even if they're not identical, the themes are still there. The generation before, you know, and the pressure on the generation below them kind of thing, which is why I feel like this episode, we do kind of get off topic a lot talking about it, but there's a space that needs to be filled okay. because we're not comparing, we're not doing, is, you know. This uh, is just a part one, countries. part two will be. Yeah, I would say the turning red episode. Alvin. Yeah, I would say the turning red episode is definitely like part two of this. Like, I would have liked to talk and compare them in an episode, but, you know, we do what we can here. I wanted to make sure we gave Encanto the space and time that it deserved without yeah. having to, like, it was a fun movie. Like, oh, yes, we're doing the diversity episodes. So we're shoving all the diverse movies in one episode. Nah, give them their own <laughs> well, well, episodes. Well, you know. Like, give them their a- own episodes. <laughs> it's a fun movie. And I think the only, like, it's a movie about magic and you know all that other stuff and i think the only thing that really felt like it wasn't real to me is that when she tells her grandma that she's wrong and she doesn't get slapped in the face so you don't get to make that joke motherfucker (laughs) i was gonna say i was like my grandma wouldn't have ever slapped me in the face but my grandma was white (laughs) my grandma would go like this like i in your i'm like 90 percent sure my grandma like beat the shit out of my uncles because they were just pain in the asses she oh, has. Uh, she had one daughter and like seven boys. Oh, like, I yeah. and I'm tr- looking at my family history. It's like that for every generation. It's like eight kids, and I'm like, this is a huge fucking family. If I try to trace this shit out, what's the uh, math that of like eight times had... eight times eight? <laughs> like, what was that tweet you had, Deco? Was like you, um... Robbie Damon. Robbie Damon having 30 cousins. <laughs> yeah. uh, every every also, family reunion I go to, I was like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Like that math is like 514, Sharky. Yeah, it's like every male that my dad's like line is descended from has like a group of like six sons in it. And I'm like, my father is, my is this just what Illinois was? And my is this just all? father's father. It's like Illinois was just potatoes and (laughs) potatoes and farmers and a bunch of kids. So, oh my god, Uh, this has been a good episode uh, about like, yeah, we we were talking baseline about Encanto, but it has also been a pretty good episode to like talk about diversity and how Hollywood's quite frankly failing us in that still. Oh man, I can't Um, wait until we get a movie about white families. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like Why up there a white or... pride. We do have one. It's called Deliverance. <laughs> oh no. The banjos intensify. <laughs> I was like, what is the most derogatory movie I could think of? <laughs> Forrest Gump. Well like that's like that's like the state I guess that's kinda of like the statement that kind of really hits. It's like how much we have of that compared to how much we have of other people. And it's like we started seeing that, you know, Mikanto turning red shang chi had the family element to it um moana i believe moana coco Coco. yeah we're starting to we're starting to get like a lot of looks into other cultures like family ties and all that and it's 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 wholesome it's a lot of cases it's needed it's needed we need to stop viewing america as a melting pot and view it more as a salad it's better with more ingredients It's like a nice charcuterie. It's a nice charcuterie board. Yes. Amer- Always America is 
better ingredients, Papa John's. <laughs> and on that end note, the fucking episode. End of the episode. I hate that. I you put you put that you put that in my good Catholic Encanto episode. <laughs> Fuck you. This you can see all. Of, you can see all of. You can see all of our bullshit on the bottom. I'm, I'm, I'm very. Bad. I'm sorry. I'm very tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> go the fuck to sleep. Thank you for watching. Uh, if you want to like, see more guys. from us, check out the video description box below. Their flow codes. Uh, lay some comments down below about how much of a shithead Sharky was for that fucking <laughs> Papa John's. Uh, I've been. I've been anxiety lasagna. Joined by uh, Duck, Decca. And, Shar- and unfortunately, Sharky, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Get me off the show! Bye! Bye, everybody. <laughs> Motherfucker. Motherfucker.